but whatever. Here's the thing. Paul's going, hey, if the Olympic runners that are in a race, they all run, but only one crosses the finish line and is, he receives the crown. And he likens that earthly, worldly, you know, fleshly, you know, something that we can tangibly look at and we can, we can look at that and we all can understand the illustration that Paul is using there. He says, just like the Olympics, when a race starts, everybody's running, but only one is going to receive the prize. Now, I'm now turning it into a spiritual illustration. Now, we are all in that run. We're all in that race as Christians. And Paul says, so run in such a way, in such a manner in which that you might obtain the prize. You might obtain the crowd, the crown. He says, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate or exercises self-control in all things. Now they do it, other runners do it, to obtain a perishable crown. This is where he's crossing from, from the spiritual to the earthly, to the terrestrial, to the, from the terrestrial to the spiritual, from the terrestrial to the spirit. He says, they do it in the terrestrial, in, in the worldly, in, the, in the, the, the earthly manner. They do it to obtain a perishable crown. You might get a golden, you know, uh, a gold medal and stand on the platform. Uh, you know, l- let me just ask, you know, who won, you know, the, the, uh, 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 the long distance, you know, the, the, the giant slalom, you know, in the last Winter Olympics? How many of you guys know that? I don't. You do, Nate? Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps. This is frozen water, not regular water. Here's the thing. Um, so here's the thing. We don't know. We don't know. But you know what? I can tell you who does know. The guy who won it. And he's never going to forget it, is he? He's never going to forget it because he worked at it. He worked at it. But you know, when it all is said and done and he passes away, that gold medal, what's it going to do? What's it going to matter? It's a perishable crown. He says, in the terrestrial, they do it to obtain a a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, Paul says, because I'm using this this spiritual and terrestrial crown, illustration of of a runner who runs a race and and likening it unto us as Christians, I'm saying everybody runs, but run in such a way as you might obtain the the imperishable crown. We don't want to run after the perishable crowns, the terrestrial crowns. He says in verse 26 of Romans chapter 9, he says, therefore, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a little glimpse into how I, as Paul the apostle, do it. Here's what it is. Therefore, I run. I run thus, not with uncertainty. And thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. You get kind of an idea of a shadow boxer, you know, a guy that's shadow boxing, you know. He's, he's there and he's a boxer and he's, he's punching the air. Does he win anything in that? No, it's just a training. 
It's training. It's not winning him anything. It's not, it's not gaining him anything other than strength. But Paul says, here's the thing. I run not with uncertainty because I know for who it is that I'm running the race for. I'm running it for Christ. Thus I fight not as one who beats the air. When I'm in a boxing match, he's saying, I don't, I'm not boxing just air. I'm in a battle, a spiritual battle. I understand that I'm in a spiritual battle on a day-by-day basis. But I discipline my body. I discipline, I, I bring it into control. I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So Paul gives you a glimpse into how he lived his life, life on a day-by-day basis. Is his explanation here a picture or a definition of what a disciple of Jesus would be? I think so. To be a follower of Christ is to deny self and follow Christ. Because you have certainty for which you are living your life. You have a reason for why you're living a life. And you have an, a, a true foe that you're battling against. And it's Satan. And so as a Christian, we discipline our bodies. We do what it is that Christ would have us to do. And so common sense. Let's look at sense. Sense. In this form, sense. Give me a definition of sense. We talk about common sense. What does sense mean? What does the word sense mean? Huh? Feeling? Huh? Knowledge? Common understanding? It's a faculty by which the body perceives external stimuli. Uh, Stimulus. One of the faculties maybe of sight or of smell or of hearing, of taste or of touch. And, And so kind of in a sentence it'd be like, you know, the bear has a keen sense of smell that it enables it to hunt at dusk. You know, a a sense of touch. A feeling that something is the case is another form of uh, this noun sense. You know, she had the sense of, of maybe being a, an outsider. You know, uh, a sense, a sense of guilt. It's an awareness or a feeling that one is in a specified state. You can improve your general health and sense of well-being. Uh, it's a keen intuitive awareness of or sensitivity to the presence or importance of something. You could be saying, hey, she had a fine sense of, say, comic timing. A sense of humor. When you consider sense, in a verb form. It's it's a perception by a sense or senses with the you know like with the first frost they could sense a change in the days. She sensed their hostility. She could sense her father's anger rising. You know, he could sense that he wasn't liked. And so when you consider sense, sense is 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 a perceived 
understanding. It's a, it's a perceived uh, knowledge. It's a perceived feeling. It's a perceived you know, action that is going on in your mind. And it, and it works in concert with your consciousness, doesn't it? With your conscience. And now when we throw in the word common, I don't have time to, to you know, open this up to, to your question or to your answers here, but when we look at common, you know, the word common literally means belonging to or shared by two or more people or groups. Uh, common means that it's done by many people. Common means that it's, it's occurring or it appears frequently. It's not rare. It's common. It's common. And so when we uh, present the question or the, the title of common sense Christianity, it's, it's a title that kind of speaks to the day that we're living in today. We're living in a day and an age where common sense seems to be going out the window. And you just turn on the news and you, you sit there and you go, I don't understand why that person is doing what they're doing. It just doesn't make any sense. When you say that, when you say that just doesn't make any sense, that person just doesn't make any sense. Why are you doing that? doesn't make sense. What you're saying is that person is not exercising what? Common sense. I was just watching something today of some, you know, guy, I think it was in Texas. He got pulled over by a police officer. The police officer says, hey, uh, you know, let me see your license and registration. The guy's window is down about this far. And he goes, uh, officer, I don't need to show you my license and registration. You know, can you tell me for what it is that I am stopped for? Well, you were doing 40 and 80 miles an hour zone, and so you were breaking the limit. Can I see your license and registration? I don't have to show you my license and registration because in Texas, the law says that you cannot be pulled over for just the infraction of speeding, which I thought was kind of stupid, you know. But he sits there and he argues with the, with the police officer over his rights to the point where the police officer has other people around. The officer ends up having to break the guy's window and say, now the officer's broken my window. Now the officer's done this. And now the officer's done that. And you just go, come on, use some common sense. You broke the law, pay the ticket and be on. Why are we watching this? You're saying, why are you watching it? (laughs) Oh yeah, that's right. I just sit there and I look at it and I go, how can people be like this? I don't understand. There's no common sense. Well, they have no right. What? You broke the law. Well, not really. I don't have to show them my license and registration. I want to pull my hair out. Common sense just doesn't make any sense. There's police officers that are being shot today. Have nothing to do with anything. They're just being shot because people think, hey, they need to be punished for things that they have done. Wait a minute, that guy didn't do anything. What are you shooting him for? What are you shooting innocent people for? Well, and then everybody jumps on the bandwagon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and now we're living in a society where, where actual cities are coming together and protesting and saying, hey, we're going to become armed and we're going to go out and shoot cops. You know, where's the common sense? We're living in these days, guys, where people call evil good and good evil. Well, it's not evil because they started it. Shut up. 
They're cops. They're there to keep things in order. Who are you going to call when you're, somebody breaks into your house? I'm going to call the cops. Why? You hate them. What if they come to your house and they hear all this stuff inside and they go, can we come in? And you're, you're incapacitated. Your mouth is shut and you can't say, yes, come in. They hear all this breaking. They hear all this screaming. They hear all this stuff. But the cops don't come in because they don't want to break in. They don't want to be sued. You expect them to take action. We're living in a day. I, I'm sorry, I'm on a little soapbox right there. But we, we are living in a day of no common sense. But when we transfer that over to Christian common sense, what does Christian common sense mean? Christian common sense, Paul finishes out this chapter just saying, it's not really hard to understand what this, what I'm going to say, but I have to say it anyway. It's kind of what I was saying here earlier. I know that a lot of you know what Christian means. But I kind of belabored the point, belabored the point of what Christian means, what it's defined as. Why? so that we would understand. So that we would all understand. We would all, uni- you know, in unity, uni- in unity come together and we go, okay, yeah, that pretty well defines what a Christian is. It's not exhaustive, I, I, I know. But Paul goes on and he reads, or he writes, beginning in verse 3. And I'll back it up just into verse 1 and 2. Just I'm not going to comment on those. He's, he's calling you and I to give our bodies over to the Lord. He's calling us to give our minds and our hearts over to the Lord, right? That's what we, we talked about in the first, verses 1 and 2. He says, I beg you, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Paul says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the the church in Rome. He's talking to Christians in Rome. He's talking to you and I in Sarasota, Florida, who name ourselves as Christians. He says, I'm going to now give you kind of a a little quick list, not an exhaustive list, but it's going to help you get going. And it's going to help you give, put put a few parameters in there for you to understand and get you on your way to living in common sense Christianity. I say that through, through the grace that was given to me, to everyone who is among you, don't think of yourself. Don't, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Now, in my research of learning what the word Christian means, I, I thought, you know what? I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to look at it on the internet. I'm going to find out what does the world think a Christian is? And so I went to the very... Uh, astute Urban Dictionary. I don't know if you've ever, any of you guys have ever looked at the Urban Dictionary. Basically, an Urban Dictionary is basically um, what people will will submit as a definition of a word, and then everybody else gets to vote on whether your definition is right or not. And so, therefore, 
Did I say something? Okay. Well, that doesn't work with this illustration. So, uh, but here's you know, everybody votes on whether your definition of a word is correct, and they give you a thumbs up, or those others give you a thumbs down. Well, out of 181 definitions of the word Christian, the top definition in the word in the Urban Dictionary is this. Quote, someone who is tired of searching their name on the internet and receiving only religion-related results. Overall, an awesome person, extremely intelligent and attractive. And then he uses his, his, and then he uses his name in a sentence. He goes, Christian searched his name on Google and ended up on the website for a local church. And so there's the urban dictionary of what a Christian is or what Christian means. There's the definition of Christian. And you know what I see in this? Here's what I see. I see, as Paul says, for the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Not to think of himself more highly, or, but to think soberly, or, or to think of himself more highly, but to think soberly. The word soberly, but to think soberly, I don't have time to develop this, but just if I were to develop this word, basically what that term literally means is don't be drunk on yourself. To be drunk on yourself, to be drunk on your worth, to be drunk on how great and awesome you are. And I'm thinking how appropriate that the world's definition of Christian is something that says someone who is tired of searching their name. Can I ask you a question? What in the world are you searching your name for? Because I want to see what anybody has to say about me. My name. It's about me. It's about me. But I only receive religious-related results. But I'll tell you who it is that I am. I'm overly an awesome person, extremely attractive, and extremely intelligent. What does that just reek of self just reeks of self and isn't that the the case you ever go back through the history uh, of time and kind of not history of time but history of magazines when magazines are kind of coming out remember we had life magazine life magazine turned into time magazine time magazine turned into world magazine you know uh, you know world magazine turned into you know uh, people magazine people turned into us magazine and then people, you know, Us Magazine turned into You Magazine. And then You Magazine turned into Self. It's like, let's look at the world. No, I want to look at Self. What's one of our big words today? Yeah. Selfies. It's all about Self. Sorry, Nate. <laughs> I say sorry, Nate. I'm just going, man. He does. I would. I would be mortified if my dad did that. Here's the thing. It's about selfies. It's about self. It's about self. And what Paul says, it's not about self. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. But, but to think soberly. Don't be drunk on yourself. For as we have many members in one body, but all members, they don't have the same function. 
common sense. We all don't, we all aren't pastors preaching from a pulpit. We all, all aren't musicians playing. We all aren't AV guys stretching. I'm sorry. We, we all aren't, I'm sorry. We, we all aren't filling what your ministry is. The obvious is, the obvious is this. We aren't all the same thing. Because, and Paul references that in the book of 1 Corinthians. He goes, you know what? Wouldn't it be silly if we were all feet? Or wouldn't it be weird if we were all mouths? Or eyes? You know, I mean, we'd be gooey and ugly and it'd be gross. Or if we were all feet, we'd all be stinky. But here's the thing. We need all of the parts of the body to make what? The body. And so Paul's saying, saying common sense Christianity, common sense Christian is this. We all have different functions within the body of Christ. Your job is to find out what it is that God has called you to be. What has God gifted you to be? And when you understand what it is that God's gifted you to be, do it. Because if you're not doing it, you're like an appendix. Right? You understand that? Who knows what the appendix is for? I don't even know what it's for. Everybody just gets it out. Tonsils. I'm a tonsil. What are you for? I don't know. They take me out. And they celebrate me with taking me out with ice cream. I don't know, you know. Find your part in the body of Christ and then engage. And then engage. Why? Because if you're a foot and you're not engaged and we are all attached to you, we're like this. We're going, come on, man, let's go. Come on. No, I don't know what my function is. It's to take a step, for goodness sakes. Take a step. Utilize your gift. God's called you to be a foot. Now walk. I don't like being down here. It's always dirty down here. We wouldn't get anywhere if it wasn't for you. You understand? Sometimes people go, I want something more you know, flamboyant, or I want something more. Stop thinking of self. Do what it is that God's called you to be because you know what? The body can't function unless you are acting out and living out the function for which God has called you to be, that part of the body. There is not one part of the body that's less important than the other. Well, I'm just a pinky. Let me just ask you, if you think you're a pinky and nobody really cares about you, go home today. No, don't. But for illustration purposes, pull out a hammer, put your pinky on the cement and go, bam, and see if the rest of your body attends to the pinky. If they understand that there's a pinky, everybody's going to know because the pinky hurts. That part of the body right here is necessary for the rest of the body, right? You understand? Here's the thing. You have a function. You have a place in the body of Christ. What is it? Do it, okay? So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If it's prophecy, well then let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in ministering. Or he who teaches in teaching. Or he who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives, give with liberality. 
He who leads, do it with diligence. He who shows mercy, do it with cheerfulness. You, do you see what Paul's saying? He's going, common sense. What is it that God's gifted you to be? Well, I don't know. God's, I, I show mercy to a lot of people. Then do it cheerfully. Well, I don't think anybody really notices. God does. Because you're doing what it is that God's called you to be. He's gifted you to be. Paul says, do it. Do it. That's just common sense. Christianity. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what's evil. As a Christian, we should look at what's evil and go, yeah, I shouldn't go down that road. I should reject that. Abhor what is evil. Paul says, that's just common sense as a Christian. Abhor what's evil. Cling to what's good. Well, that's a good thing. I wonder if I should be a part of it. If it's good, be a part of it. Okay. Paul says, it's good, cling to it. If it's bad, get rid of it. Common sense Christianity. Here's the other thing. Be another thing. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly, brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Paul says, don't be the first in line for things. I mean, if, if you have the opportunity to, to let someone go ahead of you, let them go ahead. It'll be enough for you. You know, let them let, give preference to other people. I mean, this is common sense. But sometimes it's not such common sense, especially in the world that we're living in today. Because the world that we're living in today is get what you can get first. It's about you. Take care of you first before you take care of anyone else. When the oxygen mask falls, put it on you first before you stick it on your... No, I'm just joking. That, that, that should be done. Yeah, yes. That's oxygen. You don't want to freak out. But here's the thing. Take care of other people. Give them preference. It's not a pain to do that because, again, if you understand, if you really truly are a Christian, you're going to do what Christ would do, right? You would do and be who Christ is. And so if Christ is in that situation, is he going to elbow to get to the front of the line? No, I don't think so. I think he's going to give preference. He's going to give difference to other people and he's going to minister to people along the way. If you see someone in need, minister to them. If you see someone in, in a trial, go and try to encourage them. If you see someone hurting, go and be there for them. Especially if you have the gift of mercy. Go there with cheerfulness and go and... and, and and, and haven't you ever been in that place where you've just been so down? You've been so, you're just at one of the lowest parts of your life and then somebody has come alongside and lifted you up. They came alongside and they put their arm around you. They might not have had the answer, but they were there for you and they were there to listen to you and they were there to encourage you to keep going. And you know what? They might not have fixed your problem, but you know what? They did fix your problem because somebody cared. Somebody loved you unconditionally and and they didn't have to come and do that they didn't have to break through they didn't have to come knocking on your door at 10 o'clock at night and say hey you know what i just man you're on my heart is everything okay wow yeah no not everything is okay you got a couple minutes that's why i'm here you ever had a situation like that you thank god for people like that you be that person. Give preference to other people. Not lagging in diligence. Again, common sense Christianity. Be fervent in spirit in serving the Lord. 
Again, you and I are the hands and feet of Christ. We are living a life to present Christ to this world. Common sense Christianity. Rejoice in hope. Man, we've got hope in front of us, don't we, gang? We've got heaven in front of us. I don't care how bad this earth gets. I always can long for heaven. We've got Jesus that's there. He's on the throne and no one has ever usurped his throne. Satan tried to do it once, but God spoke but the word and Satan fell like lightning. He didn't even have to get up from the throne going, hey guys, you know, you know, man the hatches, Satan's coming. No, he just says, be gone. So the, the most credible threat that has ever come upon the throne of God, God spoke the word and Satan fell like lightning. And there's never been anybody more powerful than Satan to come and try to usurp the throne of God. Five times in the book of Isaiah, Satan said, Lucifer says, I will be like the Most High God. And God says, no, you won't. You were the seal of perfection. You're beautiful. When you spoke, it spoke as if an orchestra was was playing. Do you understand? That's who Lucifer was. I, I, I am of the opinion that Lucifer was the worship leader in heaven. And he began what the Bible tells us in Ezekiel chapter um, 28. It says that you were perfect in all your ways until iniquity was found in you. He began to believe his own PR. He began to take selfies of himself. And he began to believe in his selfies. Photoshop selfies probably. And he thought because of those, that view of himself that he was just as good and greater than God. And so he tried to usurp and take control of God. God says, no, I'll have none of that. You are a created being and I am God. And it breaks my heart, but you shall be banned from this heaven. I think it pleased God to see that rebellion. I don't think so. But here's the thing. Satan's been doing it ever since. And he's doing it on this earth. But you know what? God is on the throne and nobody will ever take his place. And that's who we serve. One day, we're going to be with him face to face. Let's hurry up and finish. So let's rejoice in hope. Let's be patient in tribulation. You might be going through it. As I said in the song today, my response, you might be really, really going through it, but you know what? Your response is to worship the Lord. Worship. Our response is to worship the Lord. How we do that? We're patient in tribulation. We're patient in trials. Let's continue steadfastly. It says, verse 12, steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Common sense Christianity. When you see a need, fill it. If you're a Christian, do what Jesus would do and minister to the needs that are before you. I just don't want to get involved. Well, then you don't want to be a part of Christ. How do I get my feet dirty there? then you don't want to be a part of Christ. I don't mean to slam down hard on that. I say it to myself too. And I need a big kick in the pants sometimes myself. Because there's a lot of opportunities that pass by me because I don't want to get involved. And then I feel ashamed of myself. And yet the Lord is so gracious. And he continues to give me opportunities. And when I do take a hold of those opportunities... God just ministers to my heart. Same thing with you, right? 
Same thing with you. When you listen to the Lord and you act upon what God's called you to do and you minister to somebody and you see that you have been in God's hand being used by God as his hands, as his feet, as his mouth, and you've ministered to somebody, do you not walk away just going, Lord, thank you for letting me be there. Thank you, God, for using me. And you're more blessed than the person that you blessed. Bless those who persecute you. Common sense Christianity. Bless. Paul had to say it twice to to emphasize it. He says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and don't curse. Don't curse them. Bless them. Minister to them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. Don't set your mind on high things. I want to do this and I want to do that. And if I don't do it, my life is going to be, you know, uh, void. It's not going to be fulfilled. No. Be who it is that God's called you to be and let him worry about how high you're ever going to be or how low you'll ever be. Let God take control of your life. That's what it calls, that's what it means to surrender your life to him. To surrender your life to Christ means I will do what it is that you've called me to do and I will act upon those things. It's not about me anymore. It's all about you. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Right? That's what Paul said. So be of the same mind toward one another. Don't set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. The proud aren't going to get you anywhere. The proud are going to get you to a place where you're high and puffed up in yourself. We have, a, we have a, a disease, in our, especially in our nation, of pride. It's all about self. It's all about me. I'm this. I'm that. You know, commercials are constantly pumping into us and movies and, and sitcoms and all these things are constantly pumping into us. I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the best. You know, guy walking down, you know, not to slam down on him because it's not just him. He's just doing the commercial. But Colin Kaepernick with his beats on, you know, I'm the man. I'm the man. I'm the man. No, you ain't. No, you ain't. He's the man. He's the man. You're nothing apart from Christ. Don't be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. And if it's possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Oh, but you don't know what my sister did to me. You don't know what my brother did to me. You don't know what that person, you don't know what my dad, you don't know what my mom, you don't know what my uncle, you don't know what my friend, you don't know what that person in high school, you don't know what that boss did, you don't know what that coworker did. I don't know who it is, but here's the thing. In as much as it is in you, live peaceably, peaceably with all men. Bless those who persecute you. Bless, don't curse them. I want them to get them back. No, 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 no. Here's what, here's what. Jesus said, or Paul says, Beloved, don't avenge yourselves. Verse 19, but rather give place, nor, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Let the Lord take care of any vengeance and wrath. Don't you take it. Don't you take care of it. Lest you do something wrong and you hurt someone in the process. Let God take care of it in his time. And that means a lot because here's the thing. A lot of us don't think that God... We don't believe that God works fast enough for us, especially when it comes to vengeance, do we? We want him to act, act quick, act fast, and say, you know what, don't mess with me, I'm a Christian. 
as if God's this, this you know, big bodyguard up in heaven that is ready to, to, to dole out retribution on anybody that crosses our path. Here's the thing. God says, Paul says, don't do that. Just let God take care of it. Yeah, but they might get away with it. So what? You don't know what they did to me. I don't, but you know what? I know one thing. You can pray for them. I'm not going to pray for that person. Do you know how much hurt that person caused me? you know how much pain that person caused me? Do you know what this person has done to me? I don't, but I can tell you this. I don't think it's as much as happened to Jesus. Well, yeah, okay, fine. But, I mean, don't measure me up to Jesus. No, Jesus says, listen, if you want to follow me, here's the formula. Deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow me. What does that mean? If you want to follow me, you've got to deny you. You've got to die to you. And then you're ready to follow me. But you can't follow God if you're not denying self and if you're not dying to self. It all comes down to denying and dying. Then you can fly. Deny, die, fly. Then fly with the Lord. Okay? Therefore, if your enemy hungers, feed him. Common sense Christianity. If he thirsts, give him a drink. Hello? For in so doing, you'll heap coals of fire on his head. I don't have time to get into that today. And, you know... But don't be, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Common sense Christianity. Go down through this list on your own. Go home and read this. Go home and, and consider these things and say, hey, you know what? Does my life do this? Is, this? is this indicative of me? Is this my character? If this isn't my character, then Lord, there you have your prayer list. There you have your issue that you, you now can bring before the Lord and say, Lord, Make me this man. Make me this woman. That's what, that's what I desire. I desire to be the person you want me to be. God, use me. It's not about me. It's about you. God, it's a very confusing world that we're living in right now. But God, right now, I pray that you would use me. You'd show me my gifts. You'd show me what it is that you've called me to be and, and gifted me to be. And then, Lord, help me to go out and fulfill those things. Help me to be the active part of the body that you have called me to be. Help me not to hold the body back, but help me to be one that is pressing the body on. Amen? Father, thank you so much for today. We just love you so much. We thank you, God, for these gentle reminders. Sometimes these general reminders come in the form of two-by-fours, it seems, that smack us up right before, you know, in front of the forehead and say, wow, that's pretty obvious. And yet, Lord, sometimes we need to see the obvious because we get so confused by the mud in this world. We get slowed down and, 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 and slogged down in the, in the miry clay of this earth. Remove us from that miry clay, as the psalmist says, and set our feet upon this firm foundation, upon the rock, Lord, that we would have sure foundation and sure footing to where we would be able to walk with you and live for you and follow you all the rest of our days of our life in order to bless you in the way that we live our life. Help us, Lord, to know what it is that you've called us to do. And then, Lord, empower us to do it and help us not to try to explain our way out of the thing that you've called us to do. As we leave this place, Lord, may we leave not just in your name, but we would leave in your character 
and we would leave in your nature and we would exercise common sense Christianity as we walk out of this place that people might see you, not us, but that they would see you. Jesus, you yourself said in Matthew chapter 5, you said, let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify who? Your Father, which is in heaven. And so, Lord, you want us to shine a light so bright in the gifts and callings of which you've called us to do because you say they're they're irrevocable. You don't ever revoke the, the gifts and the callings that you've placed on our life. And so, Lord, we may have messed up, we may have failed, and we may think that we're inadequate or we're unworthy to do anything. Well, Lord, there's not a person upon the face of this earth that is worthy to be used by you, and yet you choose to use us because you are worthy. And so, Lord, in spite of our weaknesses and in, in spite of our, our failures and in spite of our inadequacies or, or everything that we think that we are not, Lord, whatever it is that you see in us, help us, Lord, to not just go in your name, but to go in your, your, your nature and your character as we go out and we fulfill this life that you see in us. That's a challenge, Lord. That's a charge for Calvary Chapel Christian Fellowship this day. Now, Lord, help us to walk out of this building with that passion, with that understanding that the days are short and we want to be found faithful when you come back for us. And so, Lord, as we leave and we depart, empower us to follow you and keep our minds stayed on you. In Jesus' name, amen.